0: Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call
1: 202-463-1999.
0: Today on CityCast DC, DC has finally started phasing in changes to restaurant pay, the ones that were voted on in a referendum last year. In the long run... An income mainly based on tips is supposed to be out, and a real minimum wage is supposed to be in. But it is all going to happen gradually, which means the current rules of the road are way up in the air. As the change kicks in, what's happening to prices? What does that service charge on your bill mean? And are you supposed to tip? Jessica Sidman from Washingtonian is here to walk us through it all. Is Wednesday, June 7th. I'm Michael Schaefer and here's what DC is talking about. So initiative 82, it was voted on by the DC electorate. It passed. It is supposed to really revolutionize the way people who work in restaurants are paid but it is being phased in over time. So now we have the first wage increases have come in. How are restaurants handling it?
2: If I'm being honest, I think it's been a little chaotic. And the reason is everyone is trying to navigate this new reality, which will eventually require restaurants to pretty much reconfigure their business model. And some are going ahead and ripping the band-aid off right now, changing the way that they pay their employees, uh, introducing service fees. Some are not. There's a lot of in-between. I'm sure everybody who's dined out lately has encountered those service fees. They can range from three percent, four percent, ten percent, twenty-two percent. You know, everyone is. Playing with a slightly different model right now. Um, so there, there's a, there is a lot of confusion that just as everyone navigates this new reality.
0: So the shorthand of this is that people who work in restaurants used to, there used to be a separate minimum wage. They could be paid a tiny, tiny, tiny wage with the expectation that they would be able to make it up in tips. And DC voters approved a change that would say that's not okay. People need to be paid minimum wage just like anyone else. And this was a great worry to people who own restaurants and run the industry because of how it would work logistically as well as what it would do to prices.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it is going to, you know, change a lot of what the restaurant scene looks like. I mean, the way, as you're saying, it works now, servers make the bulk of their base wage from tips, and that's gradually going to change It began with the first tip to wage increase this May to $6 an hour. And as it is now, it will gradually increase until 2027. There's just one universal minimum wage.
0: So are, are we seeing a change in like, we mentioned that the restaurants are experimenting with things like service charges. Are we seeing a change in what things cost on the menu before a service charge?
2: Yeah, I think you're already seeing prices increase for reasons that aren't exclusive to labor costs, you know, just the price of ingredients, inflation is pushing prices up already. I think for the most part, restaurants have been hesitant to increase their prices and prefer a model with the service fee added on on top And the thing I hear a lot from diners is, that's super annoying. Just bake it all into the menu price. I'd rather not think about it.
0: Yeah, And the service fee is sort of like a tip, except that by law, it has to go to the uh, worker.
2: A service fee is different from a tip in that it is technically, it's considered income of the restaurant. So they can use it however they want to use it. Legally, they're supposed to disclose how they use it. But, uh, you know, a tip, obviously, you always know it's going to your server, your bartender.
0: Let me ask you this, because I think that the sort of core of the push for this initiative and this change was that it is more humane for the people who work in the restaurant industry. So much of DC's culture is now oriented around the kind of fetishization of restaurants. It's a big piece of the city's economy. And I don't think I've ever known the answer to this. Like, and I realize there's going to be a wide variety, but somebody working in a restaurant, in the restaurant industry, somebody working as a waiter, realistically, how much are we, like at an expensive place, how much is that person, if they're assuming they're working something close to full time, how much is that person going to take home in a year?
2: Right. So a lot of service staff were actually against Initiative 82 because they were saying, oh, we're already making way above the minimum wage. We're sometimes making, you know, $20, $30, $40 an hour. Obviously, you know, that's not universal. Mm-hmm. There are people for whom that's definitely not the case. I was talking to a server the other day who works at a pretty nice place on 14th Street, and he was saying the consensus among my friends in the industry is like, yeah, it's pretty easy to make $75, 80 ka year as a server. There is an attitude among a certain group of like, why are we fixing something that doesn't need to be fixed? On the flip side, the advocates for Initiative 82 say, you know, you have these big fluctuations in income between a slow month and a busy month and, you know, you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm you are more prone to biases and discrimination got of it, diners and with being so reliant on tips.
0: But I think I think one of the things people want to know who go out a lot is like, how much is my good time, my ability to have like a great meal and stuff, dependent on somebody else, the person serving the food, being subject to like inhumane, Wages or very low income, and I think what you're saying is, at least towards the top of the line, at least the server is doing okay.
2: Yeah. Again, it definitely depends on the type of restaurant, but there was certainly there are certainly many servers and bartenders who were doing just fine, probably making more money than me, to be honest. But uh, you know, like uh, that's obviously not a universal e- experience.
0: And do you have a sense of whether? The end of this year, at the end of next year, as as this uh, change happens, these folks are going to. it's going to be a wash? Are they going to be doing better? Going to be doing worse? What do you think?
2: Again, it really depends who you ask. The, the server, for example, who I mentioned, we work works at the trendy Fourteenth Street restaurant. He's purposely avoided working at a restaurant that has a service fee because he feels like he won't be able to make as much money. That. When you have this traditional tipping system, it's kind of unlimited potential if you're good at your job. On the other side, I have talked to people, uh, a woman who works at Capitol Hill restaurant has a 22% service fee. And she was saying, you know, when you factor in, if you're doing your taxes correctly, like actually she's making more money than she ever made working in a traditional tip environment. So,
0: Even though it's harder to cheat on your taxes. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, yes, maybe it's just a little harder
0: to do on your dad. <laughs> it's time to get dressed up, D.C. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree. That's to help raise funds for homelessness in D.C., the gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support SUMS Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash springsoiree. That's S-O-M-E dot springsoiree. See you there so speaking of taxes the voters passed this change but it is up to the dc council to implement it and the implementing involves a lot of wonky things like you you yeah. mentioned how service charges, those are registered as income to the restaurant, which means in theory, the restaurant would then have to pay taxes on that. And that complicates their world. And, you know, there's just, there's a lot of like granular stuff to work out and further complicating your life. uh, There are two different bills uh, coming (laughs) down the pike regarding this initiative. Can you sort of lay out what these two things would do?
2: There are a lot of similarities between these two bills and there's going to be a hearing on June 8th uh, for one of them that'll delve a little deeper into some of these issues. But I think there are really two headlines in terms of Initiative 82. Um, The first would be to speed up the implementation of 82. And this is actually something that the Restaurant Association Metropolitan Washington, which was a big opponent of 82, actually fought for. So it might seem kind of counterintuitive, Basically, what the proposal is currently, the tipped wage would be phased out gradually. By 2027, this would move it up to 2025. And the thinking is that, yes, there is so much confusion. You know, if you think about it, doing this gradually means that businesses also have to change their business plans and their pay model and maybe their tipping model every year and over the next five years, which is kind of burdensome. Meanwhile, it's the Wild West of wage models and fees, et cetera, tipping. Uh, let's just you know, rip off the Band-Aid and get to where we all know we're going sooner rather than later.
0: Wait, so the in the conspiracy theory that they hope that this will lead to such disaster that voters then repeal this whole thing and bring them back to the old days? <laughs>
2: So you know, a lot of people ask me, uh, "Oh, is there still an effort to overturn this whole thing?" And the answer is no. I okay. think everyone, uh, everyone accepts this is the new reality. I mean, the it, initiative to passed with more than seventy percent of the vote, uh, and this is the second go around for this type of initiative. If you look, you know, nationally, there are similar things. Happening around the country, I think it, you know. There's just a lot of interest and momentum, so you know, there's there's no going back now. This is happening. I think it's just a question of how fast it happens. So the
0: the second bill deals with taxes.
2: So yeah, they both technically deal with taxes. The second aspect of this service fees are considered income of the business, and so they are subject to sales tax. Uh, this is another thing that the Restaurant Association has pushed to change. Uh, They frame it as a consumer issue, saying, you know, the person who eats out 50 times a year can eat out 51 times a year for the same price if you're not taxing the service fee.
0: That is the dumbest argument I've ever heard. I mean, (laughs) is that really a major deciding point? in the population
2: you know i think it's just one of those things where everyone is so sensitive to prices right now that oh. any little bit they don't want to give anyone an incentive not to go out and i you know i've talked to a lot of people who've really changed their dining habits post pandemic in the week of the pandemic and you know used to go out multiple times a week and now maybe it's every other week i think anyone who goes out and notices the prices have gone up.
0: We've got these two laws, what are the likelihood that they'll pass?
2: Yeah, so they're part of the same bill that's going to have this hearing on June 8th. You know, I think there are some things that might be tweaked and discussed, but on the whole my impression is, you know, that there's support for things that are going to make this roll out a little bit easier on businesses. But we'll see what that looks like. I'm not a political reporter per se, so who knows what the DC Council will do. But uh, I think on the whole initiative 82, it's happening. There might be some tweaks along the way, but we'll see.
0: So let me ask you in the meantime, as you say, there's a whole spectrum of things in terms of service charges. Some places have a small percentage, some places have like 22% that replicate what would have been a generous tip in the old days. I assume that eventually over time, we will arrive at a norm. But in the meantime, you go out a lot. What are you supposed to do in terms of tipping? When you, you, you look at the bill and you see, oh, the restaurant has put in a 15% service charge, are you still supposed to tip on top of that? And what, and if so, what? like what have we evolved a proper etiquette of how not to be a jerk
2: <gasps> yeah this is the topic that i get the most questions about lately and i've talked to a lot of servers and restaurant owners and diners so many emails from diners on this topic um to find out what are the norms like what should you do and so that you're not a jerk and i do think you know if the Service fee is 20 ish percent. Generally, there is no expectation that you tip extra, and most people are not going to tip extra, even if there's a tip line. That said, you know, if you feel like you had a phenomenal experience, another five to 10 percent is appreciated, but again, not expected. And it, you know, I think it's even more confusing when it's somewhere in the in between, like a 10 percent. My personal rule of thumb is to just, you know, I I would normally just tip 20%. So I will add up to 20%. So if there's a 10% service fee, I would do a 10% tip. Got it. Got it.
0: Do you think, I mean, again, just predict for me here, say 10 years from now, this thing has been in place. It's sort of accepted. People have even sort of forgetting about how it used to be. Will people tip anymore? Or is that going to be a thing that's kind of not part of DC dining life?
2: It's hard for me to imagine a reality where tipping goes away completely because I just think it's so ingrained in American culture. And the interesting thing I found even at restaurants that Say they would theoretically like to do away with tipping, they will still leave the tip line. <laughs> and they say that it's because the diners insist on it that they have certain customers who get very frazzled by the idea that they can't leave a tip. Yeah. And I think from the service industry perspective, if you've worked in this industry, you know you still you obviously still want the tips, right? Even if you are making a higher wage. Um, Right, but I
0: want tips too. And so do you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't see a world where tipping totally disappears. I know a lot of people would like to see that, but I think you'll continue to see it in at least some capacity.
0: Jess, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you, Mike.
0: And before you go, lead producer Priyanka Tilvey is here with some quick news.
1: The U.S. Attorney's Office for D.C. has decided not to charge the FBI agent who fatally shot a man in Metro Center Station back in December. The office says the off-duty agent saw 28-year-old Troy Bullock trying to challenge someone to a fight, tried to intervene, and ended up killing him. But prosecutors say there isn't enough evidence to prove that the officer, quote, used excessive force under the circumstances. In other news, D.C. Council unanimously approved a new cap on rent increases for senior citizens and in rent-controlled apartments. The bill limits increases for seniors at 4% a year and 6% for rent-controlled units. The change comes in response to outcry over the 8.9% cap that the council originally passed just earlier this year. Also, carjackings are dramatically increasing across the DMV. In fact, D.C. currently averages one reported carjacking every day. Most of them happen in wards 5, 7, and 8 along the border with Prince George's County. Carjacking stats are really high there, too, and police suspect that the perpetrators may often be crisscrossing the jurisdictions. In more positive transportation news, Capital Bikeshare had its highest ridership month ever in May, with a record 428,000 rides. Also, a third of the rides last month were on e-bikes, making that the highest proportion in Capital Bike history. And lastly, Rob Ruba, the chef at Oyster Oyster, won a prestigious James Beard Award on Monday night, taking home the award for Outstanding Chef. Ruba's win is the first for DC in four years. He's known for his focus on sustainable cooking.
0: That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell your server the next time you eat out? And also subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed, hmm, you want to do a witty one here?